I know you've been enjoying Pastor Chris. Thank you so very much. You're such a blessing. You've been bringing us those uh, worship moments every day, Monday through Friday, right here on any of our any of our uh, platforms that you're receiving us on right now. And hey, look, I hope you'll let somebody know that Pastor Rod is ready to go and the blessing of God is coming your way. I want you to go ahead, get your communion elements ready. Now, I have here what I use every day at home. You see this, it says communion wafers on it, and I keep that right by my bed. What I do is I keep the bread and I keep some good old Welch's grape juice right beside me when I'm doing that. And uh, get your elements right now, doesn't matter what it is. I hope you're enjoying the watch parties going on all across America. and. Uh, and lots of folks hosting watch parties right now, so you'll be hearing from them as we go forward today. The first thing I wanted to do is not only welcome you, but to believe God with you, with the bread and the cup, and uh, we'll receive that together. Now let me share with you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23, the Lord Jesus, in the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, so let's thank him right now, let's do that together. Father, we thank you in the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whose we are and whom we serve, for the overwhelming sacrifice, the unspeakable gift of the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we thank you for your healing power, knowing that healing is a children's bread. We thank you for your protecting power right now, surrounding us by the blood of Jesus Christ, all of our families, all of those who we love. Lord God, in Jesus' name during this time, we plead the blood over every single one of them. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for the plan of redemption that you have purchased us by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. So he gave thanks just like we did and then he broke the bread and he said to them, take and eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do as often as you do it in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you do it. And listen, you should do it often. I receive the bread and the cup every single day, the very first thing when my eyes open in the morning to know as I sense it right now, the holy presence of God alive on the inside of me. He said, drink this cup and as often as you do it and eat this bread, you show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread, drink this cup of the Lord, unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. Aren't you so glad he didn't say, examine your neighbor. 
Come on, husbands. He didn't say, examine your wife. He said, examine yourself. And so, very next word, let him eat that bread, let him drink that cup. So what does that mean? He first says, if you eat that bread and drink that cup unworthily, you eat and drink damnation to yourself because you don't discern the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord that we should, listen to it, that we should not be condemned. Wherefore, brethren, when you come together, eat to eat, tarry one for another. So we pray for each other. Right now we examine ourselves. This is, this is so very important. I mean, don't ever receive the table of the Lord um, in, a, in a trite manner. But examine yourself. And so eat that bread and drink that cup. So what he's saying to you is if you examine yourself. Well, now, how do we do that? We don't do that by the world standards. We don't do that by some religious order standards. Uh, we don't do that by a husband or our spouse, our wives, uh, you know, their judgments. We judge ourselves according to the living word of God. So when we look into that mirror of the word, hallelujah, James said, we don't forget the manner of man we are. You are born again. You are blessed of God. You're the head and not the tail. You're the first and you're not the last. You're above and you're not beneath. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're protected. You have been provided for and God surrounds you with favor as with a shield. So let's eat this bread now, Lord. Forgive us of our sins. In fact, let's pray the Lord's Prayer together as we receive. Let's say this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right there where you are. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from coronavirus, all COVID-19, all the other viruses. We rebuke every cold and sore throat, every flu. We rebuke every virus. We rebuke them all in the name of Jesus Christ every sickness and disease, every pain and malady, every malfunction and infirmity. Be gone now as we receive the table of the Lord in agreement. And so let us receive the bread together in the name of Jesus Christ. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. Fill every home now with your holy presence. Touch every heart. And he took the cup and he blessed it and he supped and he said, give it to them. This is the new covenant. Hallelujah. Based on better promises, ratified not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. 
we set a blood boundary right now over every force of wickedness arrayed against us in Jesus' name. Now let the first thing out of your voice be a mighty hallelujah to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so glad you joined me today, and I hope you're letting everybody there know that you have joined us because we've got a word for you today. You're going to love it. It's going to change your life. And then our wonderful children's pastors are going to come your way, and they're going to share a beautiful program with your children. So let's make it a family affair today. Now, this announcement, we will continue our online services, and thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for your response. Some folks are saying, well, you know, we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Well, that same book says we ought to obey the authorities that are set over us, and besides that, look at us right now. We're together. We're in one accord. By the Spirit, we're in one place. Thank God we can do it today. Of course, I miss you. I miss you terribly. I miss getting to hug all the kids. I miss getting to pat all the backs. I miss our great, our great dream team rallies, but they'll, they'll be back. Just hold on. I'm going to talk a little bit today about patience. So we're going to continue our online services until next Sunday. Now this week, be watching all the social outlets and watch for your emails and your texts. If you're not signed up for those, you can do that today. And uh, we, will, we will continue next Sunday, this Wednesday, the next Sunday, and then the next Wednesday, all right? So that'll take us to Sunday, April 6th, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. April 5th. I'm so glad you joined me today, young man. I wouldn't know what in the world I was doing. Hallelujah. And don't forget, Wisdom Wednesdays, 7 o'clock, live online. Look, I have never, I mean it, not even in an in-person service, have I received such overwhelming response from folks saying, oh, pastor, thank you for leading us into Wisdom on Wednesday. So that thing went viral. Join us this coming Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Plus, I am going to join all of us. I'm going to join us live tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, for corporate prayer online. So however you're receiving right now, you can receive then. And make sure everybody knows, get on. There's nothing more powerful than the prayer of agreement. And I'm going to pray that right now, that as I bring forth this word from the Lord that he deposited in my spirit, you're going to receive mightily, mightily. Now, this coronavirus is, of course, on everybody's mind, on everybody's hearts, why we're here today. Please pray for our president. Please pray for the vice president, for the cabinet, for our mayors, for our governors, for our health officials, for our health care providers, for our first responders. Oh, how they need us 
to lift them up in prayer. Vice President Pence yesterday live thanked all of us for having services online, continuing our outreaches to the community, and most of all, for our prayers. So we're gonna continue that, but the coronavirus worldwide, as of 9 a.m. this morning, has been detected in 316,506 individuals. 13,599 have passed into eternity since this thing began as a result of this virus. In the United States, 26,906 cases, 348 passed into eternity. In the state of Ohio, 250 cases and three have gone to their eternal reward. May you continue to pray to stop the hand of this epidemic. Plead the blood over your family, over your city, over our state, for the world. Pray, pray that anyone who passes from this life to the next has made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. I just wonder if you've done that. Could we pause just for a moment? Could I ask you this question? Are you ready to meet Jesus? Maybe you have a teenager right there in your home right now. Maybe they're in another room playing on a game machine. I don't know. Maybe a spouse is hearing me that doesn't come to church. I wonder right now if you just bow your head for a moment and let's pray this prayer together. Mean it from your heart and Jesus will do it. He will give you eternal life and heaven to go to heaven in. You'll never know what hell looks like because you accepted Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Oh, what a tragedy if you'd pass into eternity without Jesus. Your Bible's the only book that provides directions to eternal destinations, and it only gives the possibility of two, heaven and hell. The choice is just that, heaven or hell, life or death, God or the devil. No one, no one wants to end up separated from God in that tormenting place. I know you don't. Pray this prayer with me right now. And the Father said he would forgive you by the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Pray after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I was born a sinner. Repeat with me. I have committed sins. Forgive my sins. Wash me in your blood. Give me eternal life. I believe in you. I receive you. And I confess you now, out loud, Jesus Christ, you are my Savior. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you're as sure for heaven as if you were already there. But we want to pray for you because look around you there where you are. You're not in heaven yet, are you? But you're going to make it. You're going to make it into the place where the Lamb of God is the light and there's no need of the sun. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So let us know right there. Comment right now. Don't put it off. Comment right now and tell us, Jesus Christ is my Savior. Do it. Do it right now. I'm going to begin by reading today out of Psalm 27, the 27th division of the Psalms. I'm going to be reading out of my favorite translation right now. It's called the Passion Translation. If you don't have one of those, you need to get one. The Holy Spirit spoke this so loudly, so very strongly in my spirit yesterday, and I want to share it with you. It's very simple. Again, Psalm 27, verse 14, from the Passion Translation. Here it is. Don't give up. (laughs) Just say it right there where you are. Don't give up. It continues. Don't be impatient and never lose hope. And God will never disappoint you. Never lose hope. Now here at the Harv, we've been declaring the decrees. We've been speaking the laws. And I've got one for you today. Here it is. Open your mouth wide now with a mighty decree. God said, I'll fill it now. You'll see the words that you say. So shall it be. Here it is. I want you to get this in your heart today, right there where you are. Say, my wait is over. That's it. My wait is over and my weight, do this with me, come on, and my weight is lifted. My weight is over, my weight is lifted. Pastor Chris, that old song says, years I've spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, that mighty gulf that God did span. Where? At Calvary. Mercy, there was great. I felt some mother in the church just say hallelujah. Mercy, there was great. Hey, grace was free. Pardon, right there at Calvary, was multiplied to me. Right there, my burdened soul found liberty. Where? At Calvary. 1 Corinthians 1.23, the great apostle Paul said, we preach Christ and him crucified. To the Jews, it's a stumbling block. To the Greeks, it's foolishness. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's the hinge upon which the door of all human history swings. It's the pivot round about which the events of the eternal ages revolve. It's the fulcrum of God's grand and glorious level. 4,000 years it was in the crafting, but they are one man on one tree on one Friday 
pride of fallen race out of Satan's diabolical grass. You know what I'm talking about. The cross, it's rough and rugged, it's ragged and it's mean. It's right there at the intersection of those two rough-hewn wooden beams that we look with horrifying wonder upon the raw ferocity of the love of God. This cosmic crossroads, of course, sat upon a skull-shaped hill right next to a garbage dump outside the city walls of the capital of a little troubled backwater province on the periphery of the vast Roman Empire. Look now, look now, on that center stake, there hangs a solitary figure. It's the Son of God, the Prince of Heaven, as alone and as abandoned. You've been secluded, you've been sequestered, if you will, you've been, you've been Cause to stay in your home. You can't get to work, but look at him. He's as alone as any human could be. That cross, and I want you to remember it today, it's the central message of our faith. The Old Testament seers prophesied about it. The New Testament believers, they did what we're doing. They proclaimed it. It is the irrefutable evidence of God's incandescent holiness and his immeasurable love. Right there. Now, I want you to get this. While everybody's running looking for toilet tissue and hand sanitizer and, you know, <laughs> everything they can find a place in their home, I want you to know this. The cross is the place where God's limitless Provision intersects with every basic need you have where the furious love of God today encounters your broken, your shattered heart. It's where God's ultimate triumph intersects with Satan's ultimate demise. I feel a good Holy Ghost shout coming. I think you ought to shout right there, Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over cancer. I know that. He's Lord over distress. He's Lord over even death itself. Now, I'm going to zero in with you today just for a few moments on the sixth of seven words, statements that our Lord Jesus Christ uttered while he hanged there pale and pallid limp and lifeless on that rugged tree. It's in John chapter 19 and over there in verse 30. It's three words. They're very simple. But if you'll get them today, they'll change your life. You'll be singing a tune not only on a clear day at noon, but in the middle of midnight when darkness all around is closing in. When you feel the walls closing in around you, I had to just get out in my car yesterday and drive a little while. <laughs> Holding somebody like me down for 14 days is pretty difficult. Here's the way Jesus said it, John 19, 30. It is finished. But now listen to me and I'll give you some revelation. 
That is an explanation, an exclamation of the very Godhead. Three in one. A corner's been turned when he said that. A goal had been reached, a mountain had been climbed, an ocean had been crossed, a valley transversed, a foe had been conquered, a victory was won, a king was crowned. The suffocating blanket of darkness that had covered the earth for the last half of those Calvary proceedings begins to lift. Now that the sun can once again be discerned, you and I realize together it's already begun to take its fiery plunge into the Mediterranean there to be extinguished for another night. A few remaining observations on Golgotha. They had heard the man on the center cross shout something about God having abandoned him. A little later, they strained to hear as he whispered a request for some water. Now our expiring Savior is summoning his last ounce of physical and mental strength. He's rising to speak once more, just one word this time. Just one word, not three. Later, John, in his gospel, recalls that statement. He uses a Greek accounting term of all things, tetelestia. Tetelestia, that's what he said, tetelestia. Now, English translations, they've rendered that term in a way that strips it of all of its legal meaning. And I want you to get that legal meaning today in your heart. Because they translated it, it is finished. Three words for one. But tetelestia, it does not mean that something has simply ended. No, no, no. It's got a far greater implication than that, uh, you know, a watch has run out or the buzzer has sounded and the game's been concluded. It's, it's a declaration. Hear him declaring that decree that everything has been accomplished. All that was lacking has now been supplied. The breach has been healed. The debt has been fully paid, satisfied, and stamped, paid in full. Shalom. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Well, it was at the cross where the Lord Jesus purchased back. He redeemed, which means to purchase back by paying the sacrificial price. Everything humanity lost in the Garden of Eden when Eve took a first bite of that forbidden fruit had all been reclaimed, ransomed, redeemed, purchased back because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now listen, get this today. You're not only purchased you're protected. You are blessed in everything that pertains to life and godliness. All the blessing, none of the curse. I felt that church mother shout hallelujah once again. Oh, this is blessing me today. I love coming to you in this format. 
In fact, I love coming to you from this place. <laughs> Some of you that have been here may have recognized it. This is my mother's beautiful living room. She's gone on to heaven now, and I've, I've preserved it just the way it was when my sister and my father and my mother all went to their eternal reward from this place. It's full of anointing. It's been saturated in prayer. I want to go past Psalm 8110 because I shared that with you before, but today I want to share with you a couple of examples very, very quickly from your Bible because I really want to help you latch a hold what it means to be purchased. Say that right there where you are. I am purchased. Now, it's especially important this year, 2020, the beginning of a brand new decade of dominion, Let's get on some war footing today. Do you hear me? Let's get on some war footing and let's grasp a hold of this truth, my great God, with bulldog tenacity. Your absolute victory. Hear me. Your absolute victory. Spirit, soul, and body has already been purchased in advance on the cross of Christ. Your healing isn't something that, you know, happens. Your healing is an accomplished fact. Whatever you need, doesn't matter what it is today. Salvation, deliverance, increase, already been purchased on the cross. Now, the number 20 is the number of redemption. It's represented in Hebrew by the letter kaf, kaf. The letter cough is shaped like a cupped palm of a human hand. That It's a picture of somebody reaching out with an open hand to give a gift to someone else. Wow. Wow. What a perfect metaphor for what God wants to do for you and for me in 2020. Look, I'm in this with you. We're agreeing now, Bible scholars have identified uh, another theme that's associated with the number 20. Now, get this one. Waiting, anticipating, expecting. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. He won't be able to resist saying it, and I'm not, I'm not able to do it. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground of your miracle. Expect in faith. Hear me. Stay right there. Expect in faith. Right now, you are believing. You are expecting. You are believing and expecting that you received or you didn't. You are believing and expecting God to protect you and all you love or you're not. There is no stagnation, right? So don't let words of doubt and unbelief issue out of your mouth. Speak the law of the Lord. You shall have it, Mark eleven twenty two. Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. For truly I say to you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says, says he, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. You receive. Say that right there where you are. I believe I receive 
when I prayed, what the devil doesn't want you to realize is he can't do anything with you when you know you shall have it. While I was studying Mark 11, 22 to 24 yesterday, Pastor Chris, you may not even know this, but I had an old, old song come up in my spirit. Uh, and I remember the McCamey's singing it. Oh, yes, the answer's on its way. This I know. Jesus said it. I believe it. And it's so. Our Heavenly Father knows the need before we pray. And we can rest assured that the answer is already on the way. Don't you dare be discouraged. Your breakthrough is on the way. The wait is over. The wait is lifted. You know, time, and I know I've, I've got to move along, but time is our most valuable commodity. Here's why. You can't redeem it. You can't purchase time. You can't pay a price to receive more time. And it can't be recovered once it's gone. It's gone. I want this to sink into your heart today. In our fast-paced, and if you don't think it's fast-paced, how you been doing with slowing down? <laughs> I can tell you right now, I've not been doing very well. Oh, in our fast-paced, got to have it right now drive-through culture. Waiting? Wow. That seems almost intolerable. But get this in your heart today. Waiting is proof of trust in God. It's faith. Faith rests. Psalm 27, don't you forget it. Verse 14, don't give up. Don't be impatient. Never, ever lose hope. And God will never disappoint you. Listen to James 1.4. Don't run from tests and hardships. Don't do it. Embrace them. True patience will equip you to complete the journey and you'll cross the finish line in victory. Our president has been saying over and over, we're going to get through this, and we are. My great God, people criticize the president of the United States for saying, come on, America, have hope. We're going to get through this, and we are. You know, no woman, uh, I know Pastor Chris, you, you, your wife has given birth to three beautiful children, and uh, no woman uh, has ever experienced a pregnancy, you know, and being thrilled about the swollen belly and the walking the floor and the pain and the difficulty. But just as soon as that season's over, just as soon as the miracle of that new life that God created in her womb is born, <laughs> those tears begin to flow and it's worth every trouble. Jesus said it this way, Hallelujah, over in John chapter 16, verse 21. When a woman is giving birth, she has pain because her hour has come. Do you hear that? Her hour has come and so is yours. But as soon as she delivers that child, 
She no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that a child is born into the world. Let me give you one more. Jacob labored for 20 years, do you hear me? 20, to receive his reward. He waited 20 years. When he left his home, all that he possessed were the clothes on his back, but two decades later, 20. When it was time for him to go back to Canaan, he had two wives, Rachel and Leah, an innumerable number of flocks and herds as the stars of the heavens. Not to mention, he already had 11 of his 12 sons with the 12th one on the way. Well, Jacob's, Jacob's employer, Laban, he tried to cheat him by changing his wages over and over and over again. But God overruled Laban and blessed Jacob. Why? He patiently waited and gave no place to doubt. Look, I know some of you right now, are, you're uncertain about your future. You're uncertain about the stock market, it's certainly uncertain. It's been on a roller coaster ride for sure. You're uncertain about when will my children go back to school. You're, you're uncertain about when will they find a vaccine. Well, are you praying about it? You're uncertain about, well, what would happen if I would have to go to the emergency? You're uncertain. You're uncertain about your finances. Listen to me. Your wait is over and your wait is lifted. Whatever you need. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking faith now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Whatever you need has already been purchased at Calvary. God declared it in Malachi chapter 3, I am the Lord. I'm the self-existent one, the eternal one, who changes not. Therefore, you are not Consumed. The Hebrew writer echoed those very same words over in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. He said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, everything you need, spirit, soul, body, has been purchased at Calvary. Isaiah 10, 27. That's where I'm going to close for you today. Isaiah 10, 27. And it shall come to pass. Would you just say this with me right there where you are? This too shall pass. Look, I've seen some things in my day. I, I, I lived in the 60s. I lived in the 60s. I, I saw the turbulence. I, I saw the upheaval. I I saw the uncertainty as a boy watching a black and white television. I, I saw the racism and I saw uh, the unbridled sexuality. I, I saw all of it. I, I saw the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I saw the day when a nation was brought to its knees in grief when Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was slain on that motel balcony. I remember, I remember 9-11 
when people were flocking to the church. Do you know that possibly more people are listening to the gospel right now than have ever listened to it in their lives? Pastor after pastor after pastor are saying, Pastor Rod, are these the end times? Well, I believe they are, Pastor Rod. Are we going to see a revival? My response is, revival always comes in times of great trouble. Birthed out of trouble. The church arises, you arise, the gospel arises. Men are saved. This too shall pass. And it shall come to pass in that day, hear it, the burden shall be taken away from off your shoulders. Your weight is over. Your burden has been lifted and the yoke shall be destroyed. Whatever's binding you, whatever's holding you, whatever's pressing upon you, that yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, burden removing, yoke destroying, anointing. First Peter 5, 7, cast, come on, do it. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Your weight is over. Your burden is lifted in this season, this resurrection season. I want to say it right out loud. That devil is a liar. I hear the great R.W. Schambach. I hear him shouting, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. And so from this place, from this place, I release the greatest gift I have to offer you. I release faith to you now. Receive it. Laying my hand upon you in the Holy Spirit, rebuking every sickness and disease, rebuking all lack, agreeing with you as you agree with me in faith, this too shall pass. Thanks be to God. Be healed. Be at peace. Have joy. Some of you are resisting it right now. Just receive it. Stop trying to figure it out. Spend some time in the good news. Look at all the time you have on your hands now. You're getting reacquainted with your wife. You're getting reacquainted with your children. You're getting reacquainted with the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill every room right now. We love you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. We praise you in agreement. Oh, I sense his holy presence right now. Right now. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to release you. But I'm asking you right now, be patient. Hold on just for a moment. And allow me just to talk to you from my heart. 
As I was before the Lord yesterday, he brought the passage of scripture in the epistle of Philippians. Chapter four, verse 15, you know, the apostle Paul, like Jesus, like pastors, like me, were people acquainted with sorrow. We see it every day. God calls us to minister to the hurting. Those who are pressed down. Or sometimes it's good to just share our hearts with those that we know love us. And I, I want to say this. I know that you love me. I know that. I sense it. I felt it when I was attacked with vocal cord cancer and you prayed for me. I sense it when I tell you about the hurting, suffering women and children in South Sudan. I sense it. Every time you tune in, <laughs> every time you show up, I, I feel your love. And I know that certainly, certainly your love, most of all, is for God, but so many of you have honored me and honored the ministry that God placed within me for many of you for many, many years. Some friends just joining us for the first time today, welcome. I've been doing this now 43 years. And you and I, we've seen a lot. That's how Paul spoke to the church at Philippi with these very, very interesting words. He said, he said, hey church, just like I'm saying to you today, he said, I want you to know that you Philippians, you, you that are tuning in today, you World Harvest Church family, you Breakthrough family, you internet family, you were the only church that supported me. That's what Paul said. As I went out to preach the gospel, you made that possible. You were the only church that sowed into me. This is what Paul said in Philippians, financially. And when I was in Thessalonica, you supported me for well over a year. Folks are saying to me over and over again, Pastor, how long will this last? I don't know, but I know this. Faith will outlast it. God will outlast it. You will outlast it. The church will outlast it. But we have to move in faith. I mean, to tell you, it, it took a lot of faith. And I did it before we were required to do it out of an abundance of love for people. It took a lot of faith for me to close down that great Summerall Tabernacle and have no services because when there are no services, there's no income. 200 staff will be looking for their paycheck this coming Friday. I'll tell you what I've done in response. I've told them, don't pay me. Don't pay me for at least a month. 
And if we're not back together, I'll probably let it go on from there. Harvest Preparatory School's closed. Those hallways are empty. Valor Christian College is on an extended break. I, I can't hear your shouts today. Luke 6.38 says it as best I can say it. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, heaped up, pressed down, shaken together, will men give to your bosom. I don't have any problem believing God. But here's what I know. God's answer is not in heaven. He's already released it to you. You can be the answer and are the answer to our prayers. You hear God. I know that you do. And I'm asking you to do that today. My faith's on the line. We're not going to lose ground financially. We are not going to lose ground financially. But that will require everybody, every single one of us. Now, certainly our tithe. 10% of sanctified gross income, our tithe. But today, during these times, would you consider an offering? I believe that God is speaking to those who can and are of a willing heart to sow an offering today of $1,000 or $100 or $25 or 10. No gift is insignificant. I really, really need to hear from you. I hope today when they give me the report that you were there, that what happened Wednesday will happen again today. My eyes filled with tears because you heard me and you answered, thank you. Thank every one of you. Now don't go anywhere yet. A precious lady named Darlene mailed me a letter on Wednesday with a $50 tithe check. Here's what she said. Good morning, Pastor. Thank you for your voice of calm in the midst of chaos. At 76 years of age, I've lived through a few things, things like this, including a couple bouts with cancer. And I refuse to believe that the Lord brought me through all of that to allow me to be taken out by this virus. Well, let me share with you, Darlene. Tens of thousands of us are calling your name right now. Protect her father in Jesus' name, this precious, precious lady of faith. Multiply her seed sown in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.